This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Investor Mindset listeners, welcome back to another great show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all the amazing reviews. We continue to grow on the charts, which is absolutely humbling. So thank you for dropping that five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for that subscribe, and thank you for sharing it with friends on uh, Facebook and social. If you haven't, make sure you head to theinvestormindset.com and join the Insider Club. We have an incredible event that we're going to be announcing very, very soon, and only the insiders are going to get a couple of the special bonuses. So I want to make sure that all of my favorite listeners are on that list. So head over there, drop your email in, enjoy all the tools, tips, and strategies and the information before everyone else does. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited today. I have Dan Hanford in the studio. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. I am excited because Dan, it's crazy just how quickly he's come up in the investing space, but he's an incredible entrepreneur who's been doing some great things for quite a while. He's a managing partner of investing, PassiveInvesting.com, where he's applied his extensive background in starting multiple seven-figure businesses from scratch, including a large group of non-surgical, orthopedic, and sports medicine clinics located in South Carolina. He also hosts two podcasts, one with his wife, Tough Decisions for Entrepreneurs podcast, and a second, the Multifamily Investor Nation podcast and community, which has grown to over 9,000 members nationwide in a very short period of time. You ready to get into things, Dan? I am, Steve. looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, by most people's definition, you've hit success. But why don't we start by taking a look back? What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Well, my parents all, you know, throughout my, I can remember as a, as a child, you know, had a, a business and the, the primary business that they had was a, was a daycare center that they ran for many years. And uh, they ended up actually, you know, filing bankruptcy about 10 years ago, or actually more like 15 years ago now. And it was because of their, because of some of the decisions that they had made in that business and, uh, and so, you know, obviously seeing them working day to day in and out, all that kind of stuff, you know, obviously helped me to be able to understand how I wanted to run my businesses or sometimes how I did not want to run my businesses, depending on how you look at it. But I always I remember growing up, even in high school, you know, going through and, and being in and all kinds of different types of sales, whether it be, you know, selling those Cutco knives door to door or, you know, mowing lawns or, you know, uh, selling candy bars or, you know, all kinds of different, you know, odds and ends, pressure cleaning houses and, and different businesses. And, you know, I've always kind of had that entrepreneur mindset ever since I can ever remember. And, uh, and so having that mindset continue to, to go through as I, as I grew up, as I grew up. I could totally see that. When did your parents first start their business or kind of jump into entrepreneurship? How old were you? I would probably say I was about five or six years old. Cause I do remember mm-hmm. my, my mother before she, before, cause she was really the one that kind of spearheaded the whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, daycare business was that she was working for another, uh, a, a private school doing some teaching and was an administrator there and then decided to partner with some other people and, and start this business. Business. But all throughout my, you know, you know, schooling years, I remember having them having that business. Yeah. So pretty much your whole life, they were running this business. And and what did you learn from that? What what did you take away? It sounds like sounds like maybe some things didn't go so well for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, you know, they've had they had some ups and downs in the business, and, and they had uh, eventually, you know, filed bankruptcy, and you know, a lot of it, I think, had to do with 
my mother being a, a very giving person. And so she mm-hmm. had a hard time saying no to certain things. So, you know, somebody would, you know, raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to raise or I'm leaving. And, you know, she would out of the kindness of her heart, always give them or give her or give that person a raise. And, and so it got to the point where, you know, the, the, the income was not supporting the expenses and, you know, and it wasn't just, just that, but there was also some, some state regulation things that, you know, prevented them from being able to grow because of some, some state laws that they hadn't, you know, foreseen and planned for. And so obviously learning from those kind of mistakes helps, but also from just a general, you know, you know, running of a business as well as trying to balance family, I think is one of the biggest things I learned is, you know, I, I'm married right now. I have four children. I have an eight-year-old, seven-year-old, two-year-old, and a one-year-old. So our life wow. in the family side is just as busy as the business mm-hmm. side. And so but I try to, you know, take time to really spend time with the family. But I also try to, you know, create my businesses and my entities in a way where, you know, if I wanted to take a day off or a week off or a month or whatever, they would still continue to run. And that's really how I've developed them. And, you know, I think even just in the green room we were talking about yesterday, like yesterday I took the whole entire day off. Just I just wanted to spend it with my son. So he's seven years old and we went and had a daddy Sunday, you know? <laughs> yeah, having that having that ability to have that kind of freedom is, is so key. And it sounds like, it sounds like you looked at your family's business and you recognize that, you know what, I, there's a lot of really good things, but in order for me to run a business the way that I want, so I can spend time with my family, I need to set it up in a certain way. And so going into it, I think that is something that's so key. And you, you mentioned something else that I, I want to point out for the listeners, if, if they happen to oversee that, because we often hear about the concept of saying no and how important it is. Uh, but running a business isn't always easy. You know, there's times where, you know, stuff hits the fan and it doesn't really work out the way you want to. And you have to cut some expenses and make some really hard decisions. And when you're so heart forward and you're not able to make a decision that's for the best of the business and it's, it's for what that individual needs, that's when things go wrong. So you have to be able to say no. Well, and along those same lines, I am very similar to my mother. And so I, I learned earlier on, uh-huh. it was hard for me to say no, right? Yeah. And so what I had to do, do though is I had to realize that I am that person. And so I had to step back and go, how can I mitigate the risk of that happening to me? And the way I did that is, is I created layers of people between me and that person so that I'm not the one making that decision. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I could make that decision, and, but I have it's a lot easier to say no to somebody when you have two or three people that they're going through versus talking to that person one-on-one. And so I have this chain of command in the business now where I'm the president. I only The only person that reports to me, I only communicate with really is the CEO and some of my administrative staff. But all the other employees, we got we have fifty plus employees now in our in our in our medical clinics, and so all of them have a certain chain of command they have to go through. So I'm not the one that's actually making those day to day decisions as to whether or not someone's going going to get a raise or not. So when you're starting out a business, if somebody's very much like you, you know, they're very heart centered. I I can relate a lot to that. Um, when they're just starting out and they don't quite have all those layers in place, how did you end up mitigating that when you were just getting going? Well, in the beginning, it was a little bit easier because I mean, I, I'm not, they, they knew we were in the beginning. You know, we're in the yeah. beginning stages. We're kind of bare bones staff. You know, I mean, I, 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 grew, I started off with just one employee, right? I started off with one employee and myself and then mm-hmm. started to add on here, add on there as we started to increase the income. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was that particular process, though, that, you know, I had to, you know, think about moving forward. Like as we continue to grow and scale, how am I going to set that up? 
And obviously, you know, being able to have a system in place where I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to have annual reviews and at those reviews, set those in place, things like that. And we're going to make those decisions and make those determinations and, and kind of go from there. Because, you know, people might, you know, reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I, I'd like to get a raise. And I'm like, well, well let's, let's, when was your last review? And when are we going to do the next review? And, you know, and I don't just give raises to give raises anymore. I give raises mm-hmm. based on production and based on, you know, adding more responsibilities to somebody's, you know, particular you know, uh, uh, a desk because the problem with 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 continual raises in my book is the fact that you know when you continually give somebody a raise after a raise after a raise, a lot of times you get to the point where you look at that person and you go, I really like that person and I'd like to keep them on, but they actually are now being overpaid for what I need for that position. And so you could mm-hmm. actually hire somebody else at a lower rate mm-hmm. to still get the same level of a productivity out of them. And so that's why I feel like, you know, those, those raises, yes, you have your standard, you know, two uh, or 3% inflated you know, inflation raises and things like that. But, you know, when you start to talk about, you know, larger than that raises, it's a little bit harder to make those work financially. And so to be able to put those layers in place, you have to think about what is the process? What is the system that you have there? And what can you put in, in front of that to keep you from being that person that always has to have that emotional attachment to it? Because you're right, at the end of the day, your decisions don't just affect that person. Your, de- your decisions as a business owner affect your family, but also the entire organization as a whole. So I actually did a study yeah. one time and found out that my practices actually benefit about 350 people. And so when I make a decision, mm-hmm. it actually is affecting more than just one person. It's affecting 350. 50 people. That is a strategy that I'm going to I'm going to definitely take away and, you know, write down and try to figure out exactly how many people are being impacted because I'll often remind myself, Dan, that while I'm making a decision for the company, I'm always thinking about the team. You know, we have 10 people here. These people are impacting so many other people's lives. How many family members are impacted by the incomes of those folks? But you know, I've I've just ran into a situation where I had a team member on my team for 2 years and I love this person and he was, this person was a great team player, um, but unfortunately, they weren't producing, and they were costing me a lot of money. And I waited way too long to make that decision to let them go because I let that caring about the person get in the way. That even after I let them go, I felt bad about it, even though I knew that they were really hurting the whole organization. And so that's that's really powerful. And uh, I hope everyone will will take that home with them. Well, the biggest thing that I learned when it came to making the decisions to let somebody go sooner rather than later, because there's a lot of situations in my in my background where I looked at that same thing. I'm like, I should have gotten rid of them a year ago. And and I had a, had a mentor one time tell me that you have to think about it uh, and reversing the roles a little bit and saying that you are actually doing a disservice to that person by holding on to them because you are actually mm. holding them back from 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 achieving their own full potential. And so when you start to th- reverse it like that and think about it, that you're actually hurting them more by keeping them versus, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to affect their income. Yeah, that's short term. But when you start to look at it and go, if I don't let them go, then I'm actually holding them back from reaching their full potential. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm holding back my own business from reaching its full potential as well. That's so good. That's so good. So obviously we can hear that you are a president of your company. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what some of your primary focuses are? I know you own multiple businesses. Tell us a little bit about what what that looks like. 
Sure. So I have the the group of medical clinics that I own, and I primarily play the the president and I kind of call it the Warren Buffett role, if you will. So I manage it from the, a a thirty thousand foot view. I have uh, regular you know monthly corporate meetings with my corporate team that last usually about an hour hour and a half every month, and then every Monday morning I get financial reports from various departments in the in the organization, kind of having having a, a, a numbers look an overall financial look as well as from the marketing perspectives. We have a marketing department. They send me numbers about how many new patients we've, we've had, how many came in, how many of them, you know, started treatment, you know, various things like that. So I try to keep a very, uh, uh, you know, tight, you know, hand on, you know, how the numbers are looking, because if we can look at those numbers on a regular basis, we know when we can pivot and when we can shift. And so I, I play the role of the president in those companies. And then I also have a online company that uh, we do seven figures of revenue in that company. And also uh, same thing, play the president role in that and, uh, and have a team that runs that one for me as well. And then I also, where my primary focus has been right now in the last, uh, this is our second year into it, but the last uh, two years, is is really focusing on the multifamily real estate investing side of things, and you know the primary reason why I got into that was from the tax side of things because you know I was tired of writing these large six-figure checks to the government and wanted to figure out a way to reduce that taxable liability, and so I started a multifamily real estate syndication company, which is that PassiveInvesting.com group. Yeah, you're really you're doing a lot of things, and I think what I'm really curious about, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, how did you learn to put together an organization like this where you're able to step out of the day-to-day and really run it from that 30,000-foot level. Yeah. So a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, I had a mentor, and I've always, over the years, had masterminds that I've been a part of. And so I try mm-hmm. to find at least one high level mastermind a year that I'm a part of, and I'm I'm a part of one. You know, this year it's a thirty thousand dollar a year mastermind. It doesn't have anything to do with real estate. It's actually a business and marketing uh, mastermind. And there's some really high level people in that in that mastermind. And you know, I'm a big believer in being able to to surround yourself with people that are have done more and are have have achieved more than you so they can help you and bring you up at the same time and so the, in the, in this room of this mastermind that I'm in this year there, there's 100 200 million dollar a year players that you know are that's that's what their net worth is you know that's not a per year but it's 100 200 million dollar net worth people and I wanted to make sure I surrounded myself with those kind of people but over the years I've always been a part of some form of a mastermind and as I've always had some form of a mentor or business coach to be able to help me make certain decisions. And I remember one mentor that told me that I needed to stop being the general or I needed to start being the general in my businesses instead of going in and doing the day-to-day operations and, and, and putting out the fires on a day-to-day basis. And I, when, I, when I heard that, I sat back and I was, I was sitting there thinking, how can I get to a position where I do not have to be tied to the day-to-day operations and I can go out and do what I want to do? You know, whether that's spend time with the family or travel or start another business, right? And, uh, and so I've actually been doing all three, but, uh, you know, being able to step <laughs> out. And so I, I looked at the situation and I said, what can I do to could take myself out and uh, primarily just play the president role in these different entities and, and play that, that Warren Buffett, you know, position, if you will. And, uh, and so after I sat back, to, sat back and, and thought about it and looked at the whole picture, I found a way and a path to do that because I had already had people in my organizations that could run it for me. And I just never took that 
I guess, leap of faith, if you will, and actually took myself out of it so that they could actually do it for me. And uh, so I approached those people and I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm planning on doing. This is what I'm thinking. Do you think you can handle it? And, uh, and, 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 and every person was like, well, I'm pretty much doing most of it as it is anyway. So it wouldn't take that <laughs> much for you to be able to, you know, step out and, and do something different. And that's how I was able to kind of you know, put myself in that passive role. Yeah, I feel like just knowing that it's possible makes it makes it you're that much closer to doing it having that mentor having those coaches having that mastermind seeing these other people doing something like this it allows you to get over the fear because there's always that fear that okay if i let go of control is my company going to keep running the way that i want it to and i've let go control my company before and it hasn't run the way but that's because i abdicated instead of delegated and you know did the proper management but every time that things haven't worked out i've learned a ton and i'm sure you've run into some of those challenges along the way but i really want to underline for people definitely find community masterminds are an incredible way to learn and definitely find somebody to coach and mentor you because other people have already been down the path and even if they're not doing exactly what you're doing you know somebody like Dan here who is kicking butt in business in general he's able to take those skills and apply them to all these different industries um there's people like that who are probably right in your own neighborhood that you can get connected with and if if they're not there's definitely coaches and mentors that you can get connected with all around the country or world that can help you kind of get there. So on that same note, I want to hear a little bit about, you know, sometimes that you've ran into some challenges, right? You've been in business for a long time. You went through the recession and, you know, how do you deal with failure in the business when you're not really making as much money as you expect to? Well, you know, when when you when I look back at the last recession, you know, one of the things that I did is is that online company that we're for the last eleven years have been doing seven figures of revenue in. You know, we started it right before the recession, and I think a lot of people during the recession did not check their mindset because anytime you have challenges or obstacles, a lot of times we get you know, caught up in thinking about, you know, why we are there, kind of like that Eeyore approach, like, woe is me, right? And we, we, mm-hmm. lose the, we lose sight of what our target is. And so for me, I, 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 in that time, I, I guess I was a little bit naive in the fact that, you know, I didn't have a business that all of a sudden tanked. I actually started it right before. And so I was able to continue to grow it, but I could have sat back and gone, man, the market's the market is tanking. I I don't know if I'm able to get this business to go. Maybe I should stop doing it. You know, you know, having all these kind of negative thoughts, but I persevered through that by changing my mindset and going, I don't care what the recession is. There's people out there that still need the product that I'm selling. And so I'm just going to continue to move forward and continue to kind of push through this so I can make sure that I continue to move forward and, and kind of moving forward a little bit, a little bit past that. You know, I, I look back also in, in the last couple of years as we've continued to, you know, grow our, our portfolio of companies and, and grow our, our own net worth. You know, we, we have started to see that we've had an increase in, you know, lawsuits. And that's mm-hmm. one of the one of the number one kind of scariness factors, if you will, of owning your own business is that potential for some form of a lawsuit. 
And we get probably one to three right now a year. You know, just just for the last Mm. couple of years, that's kind of what our number has been. You know, I hate them, but it's just kind of like the nature of the beast of being a part of this type of, you know, having a business and that's going to be something that's going to happen. So it's not, you know, you know, if it's actually when it happens and it's all about knowing how to change your mindset when it happens, because a couple of years ago we had a, we had a, uh, a lawsuit that was right in the middle of our growing phase from two clinics to five clinics that we had in our in our practices and I could have when that when that happened I could have looked at it and I could have said you know what I'm going to hold off trying to grow anymore I'm just going to kind of try to maintain as best as I can and just try to persevere through this by just holding on to the clinics that we have but I had already talked to my team prior to that that suit and basically said this is what my goal is my goal is to grow from one mm-hmm. clinic to five clinics in 24 months. And I was on a trajectory and on a path to be able to do that. And this happened mm-hmm. in the middle of that process. And I could have, like I said, just like stopped and said, no, I want to hold back. I want to stop. But I had to change my mindset. I had to go, you know what? I can't change what has happened. And I can't change what the outcome is going to be in the future. It's just whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But what I can change is what I have the ability to grow. And so I continued to push push through and we actually ended up growing and instead of taking 24 months, we did it in 18 months. And what was it that was going through your head at that point that, that you said to yourself, I have to change the way I'm thinking about this. How, how do you recommend somebody goes about doing that when they're running into a challenge of their own? Well, my wife and I talk a lot together about, you know, our businesses and different challenges that come up. And, you know, I I would say for me, it was her coming to me and kind of telling me her thoughts about the challenges and the obstacles. And it was really me coaching her and the fact that we can't change anything. We have to sit back and go, we can't change what's happened in the past. We can't change with that particular suit. We couldn't change what the outcome was going to be. It was going to happen, whatever it was. And so it was really me coaching my wife into helping her understand that whole process of what's going to occur and going, the only thing we can change is the stuff that we have control over. And that was the growth of the business. And at the kind of looking back, when those lawsuits actually got to the point of settling, which took like two years where mm-hmm. it could take take place, but when it did, we actually had money set aside because of the growth of the other businesses to pay cash for the settlements, mm-hmm. and we didn't have to worry mm-hmm. about you know going through and like you know closing the businesses down because we didn't have the money. But if we wouldn't have grown and grew and, and started those other clinics, we would we would not we would be under today. Because we would not have been able to support the amount of money that we've had to pay for those for those particular settlements, and so now we're in a great position because we had the money. We, we didn't have to go into debt for it. You know, we paid that we paid the money for it. It's done. It's behind us, and now we have these clinics that are that are thriving and growing, and, it, and it's doing well for us. That perseverance is so key, and it's so easy when we run into a challenge for us to say, mm, "Maybe we should just per- maybe I should just stay exactly where I'm at. Maybe I should just stop what I'm doing, and I should just stay right here versus continuing on the journey." Um, so it really says a lot that you're able to kind of continue pushing forward. So, what do you do to keep a strong mindset? How do you keep yourself being able to be focused, to be able to push on, to be able to do the things that you're doing in uh, with such vigor. So there, there's there's two aspects to that. You know, there's there's the fact that you know I have you know this this inner drive inside of me to continue to be successful, to be able to you know you know have mm-hmm. enough for my family, to be able to create experiences for them, and you know provide and things like that. But then one of the things that has helped me continue to do to have that mindset is 
I, I actually met a good friend of mine that we've been uh, really good friends with for probably the last six years now. And he is in a similar business and in a similar situation as I am. And we, in the beginning, decided that we wanted to have start a mastermind together. It was just like, isn't it just going to be you know us and maybe a few other people? And so we had had a network of people that we were coaching and consulting at the time. And you know we decided to go ahead and like try to sell some mastermind tickets or whatever to be able to come and kind of be a part of our mastermind. And what we found was is that we were actually the ones coaching more than being part of the mastermind. And so uh-huh. one day I went up to him and I was like, listen, I was like, I, I, we're not really making a ton of money off this. And that wasn't the point of it anyway. But, you know, I, I, would you be interested? Because I get the most value from you. Would you be interested in just you and I doing just like a two-person mastermind and just get together a mm-hmm. few times a year to work on our businesses? And he's like, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And, uh, and so we actually stopped that completely. And it's just been him and I um, for a for a, for a mastermind, and it's, our our wives give us a give us a, give us a hard time because it's, <laughs> they they call them our mandates. Uh, but we get yeah. together, you know, at least three, some most of the time, four times a year, and we will go and travel somewhere else. Like actually, this weekend, I'm traveling to Laguna Beach, California. I'm in Columbia, mm-hmm. South Carolina, but I'm traveling to Laguna Beach, uh, California, for about three or four days to be able to spend out there to mastermind. And uh, we get together, mm-hmm. talk about challenges that we're, we're dealing with and how we can overcome them and how we can help each other out. And then a lot of times, because we're in the similar businesses in different markets, he's down in Florida, he'll be working on something that I might want to implement um, while, while I'm working on something that he might want to implement. And we you know, figure out, you, know, you make those mistakes before I implement it and vice versa. And we kind of help each other out. And we also help kind of keep ourselves on, on task um, in between our little mastermind sessions, because you know, there's many times where he'll call me up and say, "Hey, I'm dealing with this person, this employee issue, or that thing." And a lot of times, I've dealt with it too, and I can encourage him, and he mm-hmm. can encourage me, and so it's been a great, you know, camaraderie and, and friendship that we've built um, over the years. And I, I actually encourage people to find that kind of, you know, relationship with somebody else because in, in entrepreneurship, it is a lonely world sometimes because you can't just, you know, talk to anybody in your circles about the challenges that you're having. You know, you go in, I, like I go to my church and I can't go talk to like, you know, Sally Sue, who's making $40,000 a year about how I lost a hundred grand last month because of collections being down. Like they're, they're just, it just doesn't mm-hmm. understand. They don't understand it. Right. Um, and so being mm-hmm. able to have somebody else that you can call and talk to and you can relate to and it is, is really important. So obviously having that mentor and that business coach, your coach is great too, but having somebody like that, that you can really go away, work on your business and not always just trying to work in your business has really been beneficial for us. Where do you think that inner drive comes from for you, Dan? I, I think for for one, you know, obviously, you know, knowing that uh, my parents had had a business and they ended yeah. up at the end of the day filing bankruptcy. That's part of it, but uh-huh. I think it also goes back to the fact that I impact three hundred and fifty plus people that are relying upon me making the proper decisions and making sure I'm doing things the right way. And so, you know, me, that, that for me, it's, I'm not just impacting my own family, but I'm also impacting so many other people's lives because of the businesses that we have is really, for me, what continues to drive me to want to grow more because the more I grow, the more people I can impact and the more people mm-hmm. that I can impact, the better it is for everyone. Yeah. What I've found from from all the interviews and all the research that I've done is that that combination of inner drive and external drive, which are the two things you just talked about, needing to do something because you feel it inside and that need to do something because you 
you think about how it's going to impact other people. That's the key to high performance, and that all the the top high performers all have that. So that's really that's really helpful to think about. So a couple a couple questions before we get to the the final round. How do you define success? I define success as having the ability to have control over your schedule. So obviously some people might level, you know, you know, you know, measure success as to how much money is in the bank account or things like that. But to me, I feel like success is having the ability to control, you know, your schedule in a way that you can go travel where you want to travel or do what you want to do. And, you know, yes, there is a, a, a level of, you know, money that you have to have in order to have that flexibility. But I think it's all about how you can set that up and how you can stage in the beginning. And once you get to that level, that is what you would consider success. Now, you know, there's different levels of that type of success, but I think at the end of the day, for me, being able to go and do what I want to do when I want to do it, that to me is is more important than uh, than any any amount of money that I have, right? It's all about having that flexibility of my own schedule and being able to control that. And a lot of times as business owners, we're told in the beginning, hey, you know, go, go, go be your own boss and do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, we've just traded one job for another when we start our own business because you basically are tied to that. And instead of working a 40-hour work a week job, you're now working a 70, 80-hour a week job owning your own business. But you have to up front when you have that business realize if I'm going to trade this 40-hour work, work week job for this you know, business, is there a way for me to set it up so that I could eventually get to the point where it is completely passive and I can train other people to be able to run it like you can run it? Absolutely. I can relate so much to that. You're definitely trading. <laughs> You're working way harder for something with, with that hope in the end. So from that definition of success, do you think you've hit it, Dan? I think that I have definitely hit the point of being able to have control over my own schedule. Obviously, when I start another business, it kind of resets that sometimes because mm-hmm. you know you get tied to it a little bit. But you know, the businesses that I've that I that I've started in the last you know year and a half, two years have been ones that I can pretty much do from anywhere. So I'm not tied down to one particular location. So if I did want to go travel or go go somewhere and you know live somewhere for a month or two, I could. Now, obviously, you know, I had a mentor once ask me, you know, what what's the one thing that's limiting you from being able to travel and do what you want to do? And I'm like, well, my kids, right? Because my kids are in private school and I'm still raising them. They're young. It's, you know, an eight-year-old, seven-year-old, two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And so I can't just pick things up and just go leave and go do what I want. And, uh, and I had somebody tell me, they said, well, you know, you can actually hire somebody to raise your kids, right? I'm like, I don't want somebody else raising my <laughs> kids, you know? I want to raise my kids. I don't want just some nanny doing it or somebody else educating them. I want to be that person that has the impact on my kids' lives and, and has, has, has them, you know, watch me and kind of some of the things that we're doing. And, and yes, we do travel. We do, you know, bring the kids around to the various places and fly in airplanes all over the place and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm... I'm I'm happy with where I am right now, and uh, just looking forward to continuing to see that grow, so I can continue to impact more people. I I love that. I love that because high achievers they define success, and they're killing it by everyone else's viewpoint, but they still want a little bit more because they're still reaching for that growth. So I can really relate to you on that. From a habits perspective, uh, what are some of the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that help you live the life that you're living? So I would say for me, one of my biggest habits is being able to 
uh, like I had mentioned before, having those those regular times and opportunities where I'm actually working on my business. And so, you know, I I I I've, I've structured my time out very well. Like you, know, like right now, you talk about having control over your schedule. So I take most of my calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that's usually when I do most of my podcast interviews. And that's where I do most of my 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 investor calls and various things like that. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday is usually nothing on the schedule. It's for me to be able to schedule whatever I want to do on those days. And so that's that's really for me what I've been able to do, what I've been doing. And, and I don't just like do nothing on those days. You know, I'm usually, you know, doing some form of of, of, of brainstorming on the next thing, or I'm talking and, and coaching, or maybe mentoring somebody that might not be able to, meet, you know, fit on a on a Tuesday or a Thursday call, um, or I'm traveling, you know, or I'm, or I'm or I'm spending time with the family, or you know, doing something doing something that's a little bit more less businessy, if you will. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a really smart strategy. I think I might implement it myself because I'll find from time to time you've got all these you've got all these meetings all over your calendar, and you can't get real deep work done. And then all of a sudden you're just reacting and to everyone else's thing. So it makes for a very stressful Tuesday and Thursday, though, because I look at my schedule sometimes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and it's completely solid every 30 minutes. And I'm like, I don't even have a time for time to break. But then I always realize, but I have my Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So getting it kicked off, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're really excited about right now? So, you know, one that I have read in the last year is one by Joe Farrell. It's the best ever apartment syndication book. It's been a phenomenal book um, that he wrote. I'm glad he did. Uh, he's actually one of my mentors. And uh, and so when he came, he actually, I actually started mentoring with him before he came out with that book. And so mm-hmm. that's been very impactful for me with some of the real estate investing that I've been doing. But the one that has impacted my, me the most over my life, would, I, would, I would definitely have to say, is the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's high on a lot of people's lists. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how have they influenced your career? Well, I have had many over the years, sure. but the one that I would say that has stuck out to me the most over the last couple of years has been uh, Grant Cardone. And I've never, you know, uh, actually, you know, done any mentoring or coaching with him, but just reading some of his books and knowing some of the mindset that he has and going to some of his events has really, you know, impacted me in, in a variety of different ways. And, you know, you know, I, I think he's a very uh, uh, unique, you know, person and, you know, most people either love him or hate him. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think he's yeah. very entertaining, but he has definitely been very impactful in some of the mindsets that I've had and, and shifting from, you know, going to from a from a not necessarily a, a smaller mindset, but I guess that's probably the better way to say it. From a smaller mindset and thinking more kind of 10x and that whole mindset of of actually thinking about trying to get to a higher level so that you when if you do come short, you come short of a higher level than instead of a kind of a smaller level. Yeah. That book 10X is definitely on my top recommendation list. It's one of those where I try to listen to that at least once a year. And what I find what happens- I do too. Yeah. What I find what happens with it is it just completely invigorates me because you know I'm kind of the same with Grant. I love some of his stuff. Sometimes I think he's a little bit extreme and I think that's on purpose, right? He wants to polarize people because that ends up working and attracts a lot of folks to him. Uh, but that book is amazing because it really makes you think- I got to stop thinking small because if I'm going to fail, I might as well fail big. And ironically, you're probably going to end up succeeding way beyond your the goal that you're originally going to set if you you know just shoot for the stars. So, from a purpose standpoint, what drives you to live your best life every day? 
my family is my number one, you know, and, and kind of continues to drive me and you know, kind of continues to continue to motivate me and, and not just providing for them, but making sure that, you know, they grow up and making decisions that will help them be able to impact more people just like I have. I think that's really inspiring. So thank you so much for being here. Where can people find out more about you and get in touch? Sure. So if you're listening, you want some more information from me, you can, you know, obviously visit our website, passiveinvesting.com, or feel free to shoot me over an email, dan at passiveinvesting.com. If you have any further questions or you have some uh, mindset issues you're dealing with, I'd love to be able to help you out any way I can as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your view of the world and uh, look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Sounds great. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 